And now for the podcast that had to watch this movie with nacho cheese on the screen. This is Not All Podcasts Wear Capes. It's yeah, always nacho cheese. It's nacho cheese. cheese. <laughs> it's cheese on the screen. That's it's, not, it's a, not my a character. Cheese. It's not your cheese. <laughs> cheese. Cheese isn't a character that lives on nowhere. It was actual, real, like, cheese on the on the screen. Yeah, and the worst part about it is when I went and complained, they were like, oh, yeah, we know, it's nacho cheese. I'm like, really? <laughs> like, yeah, some kids threw it on there. I'm like, I'm like I'm oh, like, great. I know. It was like, I know it's yeah, not I, uh, Yes, it's not. I definitely didn't throw that cheese <laughs> yeah. there. But it's always oh something. God. It's always something whenever we go to the theaters. It's either the bulbs or the cheese. Well, you know what? I didn't feel that I was having a hard time seeing what was going on. Even though there were some dark um, scenes, I didn't. I felt like the, the, the color was good. I felt like the projection was good. Dark scenes and color and what? See, I don't even know if the people know what movie we're talking about yet. Oh. Oh, yeah. Uh, cheese Man? I mean, are, are you going to answer the people or are you just going to keep them in suspense? Uh, oh, I, th- I, I thought somebody else would take it. <laughs> no, I legit right, like I, asked okay, you. Okay, that was, okay, that was, all right, all he right. set you up. All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, hi. I'm T. Uh, and this, that's Spade over there. Say hi, Spade. Hi, Spade. Oh, uh, yeah. He, he's, he, he's definitely going to try da, to da, 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 do that da. joke. <laughs> Uh, put the cricket sound. What's the cricket sound? Hang we on. found we found like we found a soundboard. <laughs> yeah, in the middle. Yeah, of but Discord. only we can hear it. Yeah. through Discord, it All it doesn't right. translate. Uh, there it is. We'll, we'll have yeah, to add it in, in, in manually uh, then, if I remember. And then La Ciguapa herself, Ariani Pilarte. Don't put What's my whole on? government name out there. <laughs> government name. <laughs> well, like, like, you don't think people like know it by now? Like, you don't think our like fans she, have googled you already? He could beep it. He could beep your name, but you're like a government name, like you're a revolutionary or something. No, no just because like you guys I'm have not. no, but you guys have nicknames. You go by T and you go by Spade, and then there's me with my whole name out there for the world. Hello. <laughs> yeah, I don't think people thought it was like Ariani, like you were like Madonna or Cher. Like they probably assumed you actually had like a real last name. Gov- sure. Okay, so so she wants to distance herself from the podcast. Remember, remember, my name is Andrew Tehran. And that's Anthony Spedavecchia. And they shorten this Spedavecchia to spade because you know, it has too many friggin' vowels. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of lettuce. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of lettuce. Like a Caesar salad. And uh, you still never answered the question, T. Oh, yeah, we... okay. <laughs> we saw Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Volume 3. These are Volume, Volume 3. 3. That's right. Volume yeah. 3. Uh, instant reaction. One, one word. You guys like it? Yes or no? T? I liked it. Ariani? I loved it. I'm I'm with you, Ariani. I loved it too. I thought this was great. Yeah. I have I have I have a fire take. Y'all will disagree with me, of course. But I think this is maybe the best MCU movie since Endgame. <laughs> you, you bought really into the hype of the commercials. <laughs> Do you really want to just have that fight? Over no, over I don't want to have a fight, but I'm just saying like this this really scratched all the itches. And I know you guys are gonna say, "Uh, No Way Home was the best spider, it was the best movie MCU movie since Endgame," and I'm just like, "That's it, it was a great movie, but that movie was definitely more of an experience. Like that was an experience. This felt like I was just like, I'm here to watch a movie. Uh, They're all movies, <laughs> right? Oh, no Way Home was probably, and I, you know, ask me on the day, 
but probably definitely the top five of all MC MCU movies. I, I just it went, you know, it went so it was such a good movie. They're trying to do it with the Flash. I mean, but anyway, we're not going to talk about that. Let's not let's not talk. About no, the, the, but but the, the thing with Spider Man, people try to knock it because it plays on nostalgia and the the stuff with Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield and everything. This movie is definitely just Guardians, all Guardians. You. You could go and watch this on its own. You probably don't even need to see any other Guardians appearances before this, really. And it's its own complete package. So Yeah, and there's in, no connectivity to the rest of the Marvel Universe. I mean, direct connectivity. I mean, No, I mean, there's a couple lines here and there. Like, people are asking there. me, people are like, the last thing I saw was Endgame. I haven't seen anything, you know, really post, like, Spider-Man. You don't need to. I'm like, yeah, honestly, you don't really need to. Like, you can fill in the gaps, right? You know in Endgame, the Guardians take off with Thor. They don't right? bring up Thor at all in this movie. He's not no, even mentioned. No, they don't. I heard, I heard James Gunn was happy about that, that, that James Gunn didn't want any, like, please get, get him out of. Right, so he didn't want to put deal. Thor in he, the movie. He didn't so want to have to write him in. But here, let's because, let's fill the gaps for people, right? right so at right, the right, end right. of Endgame. So, so, do we worry about spoilers? We're not going to worry about spoilers. What are, what are we so spoiling? if you're we're like, all, we're, 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 you know, listen. If you guys aren't here, I, we assume you're probably in tune, right? If you're listening to Guardians right. of the Galaxy podcast, you're probably in tune to what has happened in these other movies and appearances. I think everything that that's come before is fair game because this is a timeline oriented. Well, no, that's not what I'm saying. Secret. I'm saying is that we're about to like talk about that kind of stuff. So we're talking about we we should fill in the gaps for people, right? Because people are probably gonna have seen Endgame. They probably haven't seen anything since, and people might only be Guardians fans, and they're only coming out for this. So they probably saw, you know, the holiday special and maybe Thor. I don't know, but basically, the Guardians leave Endgame with Thor, and they take off. They're in the beginning of the of Thor four for like. I don't know, not even 10 minutes, and then they're out of there. Then you have the Guardians holiday special, and then this picks up right after the holiday special, it seems like. And the holiday special was pretty much its own little story. It didn't really connect to anything else. It was very cute. The only real development um, that they gave in the holiday special is that Mantis and Peter are half-siblings. Right. And and that they bought nowhere and right. they are now in and control that's the, of nowhere. That's their headquarters. And it, and it introduced Cosmo, right? Wasn't Cosmo in in that? Right. Cosmo right, was right. in that. Yeah. Right. I mean, Cosmo appeared before, but now is a official like real character. So here's the thing: you can't just watch Guardians One, Guardians Two, and then Guardians Three. You're gonna miss a lot of the story to get the full Guardians of the Galaxy. This iteration of the guardians of the galaxy because there might be another um you have to watch guardians one guardians two infinity war guardians uh, 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 uh end game the christmas special and then guardians three in or that order you know what? i don't know i mean i guess you probably don't even have to see end game right the, the big stuff with the guardians happens in infinity war and even still, there's that entire scene in the elevator where um, Peter just gives an entire rundown of everything that happened. And I said this to you guys after we went out when we went to dinner that it kind of felt like um, James Gunn was making fun 
of that whole thing. Like it, it felt like James Gunn writing in how he was kind of like pissed off about how now he had to like write around Gamora being killed in Infinity War. He said that out loud. I don't think he, he hasn't said it out loud, but it's it's it to me. This is this is just me in my opinion. I'm not saying that it's true. I'm not saying that it's false. I'm just saying that scene in particular read as something kind of like he's like I'm just going to explain this and get it out of the way because it doesn't really matter and but it's 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 exposition to catch up to people to understand why this Gamora is so different or why 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 all this happened. But he he stuck with it. He stuck with this not being a Gamora. He didn't 100% rekindle the romance. He didn't pass off the romance to Nebula, which they kind of like for a second hinted at. They were hinting at it, yep. Right. Well, he's come out and said that he actually wanted to kill off Gamora in Guardians 2. And they kind of talked him out of it. And I guess that's where the Infinity War stuff came in. So I don't know if he's bitter that they got to take her out and he was the one to actually do it. Well, I, f- I feel the one thing that, that maybe bothers him the most, if if that's the case, because I didn't know that, that he wanted to kill Gamora and then it ended up happening anyway. I think the thing that bothered him the most is the Peter-Gamora relationship being fully, like, locked in in Infinity War. Because at the end of Guardians 2, the best part, one of the best parts about that movie is that they do this, you know, will they, won't they... Are they going to be in love? Are they going to kiss and all that stuff? And the thing is that Peter hadn't earned that at the end of the movie. Um, They're friends and they care about each other and they love each other. But Peter didn't earn a relationship with Gamora. Then all of a sudden in Infinity War, they're just like fully in love and in a relationship. And that's like an emotional crux in that movie. Um, I I, I would agree with that if it were a television series. But since it's a movie series where things have to be expedited and stuff has to happen in between the movies, and stuff has to happen. Stuff has to happen. Um, I think the relationship was earned. It just wasn't explicitly sealed with a kiss. You know what I mean? Right. But Peter is not kiss? a mature. Did they kiss in Infinity War? They never. They kissed in Infinity War, not in part, not in Guardians Two. They've never kissed in any of these movies, and I think it's because James Gunn understands that Peter is not a mature character. He's not mature, and like even at the beginning of this movie, he's so immature because he's so mad that you know this Gamora, and and I get it. He's grieving. You know, he's grieving this person that he loved, um, but he's just like, he's like, you know, saying to Gamora, he's just like, you know, you used to you know, like me and we used to be in love and we were this and we were that. And she's just like, I don't know what you're talking about, but he's like, you're going to get it one day. And I was just like prepared for this to be like a thing where it's just like at the end where him and Gamora are in love again. And no, James Gunn is smart to know that the part of this is Peter having to grow up, all of them having to grow up and cope with loss. It's them learning how to cope with loss. And I think that's that's the smartest way to do this. And part of that, I think, also has to do with contracts because she said she's done with this, right? She's done with this, but that doesn't mean they didn't, they could have, they could have easily written. Yeah, but if she was, if she was coming back, they might, it might have told a different story. Maybe, but. T, are you <laughs> counting change? What is going on? <laughs> just ignore it. I'm not talking. I'm not talking. <laughs> 
sorry, but it's so distracting. <laughs> I'm hearing sorry. jingle bells in my ear. <laughs> I was trying to clean out my desk. Now? <laughs> why do you pay, why do you pay attention to the podcast that you're on right now? We should just start firing off right, questions so, so at one, him. One, I, no, one I'm, of, one of the, I'm okay. boring him. That's what it is. <laughs> no, 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 no. But what happens is <laughs> this. Well, and we, we, we haven't talked about We don't really need to go over it again. Is also that the whole James Gunn getting fired and then rehired. I think the totality of everything uh, that he was like, you know, I made this thing with Guardians, and he feel he feels betrayed, even though they they brought him back. He feels betrayed. Well, I think James I think, Gunn is a mature um, enough person. That's why they rehired him, because he's a mature person. Right. I, I forget who it was that said that the reason they rehired him is because of the way he, you know, acted, conducted himself. The way when he it could, yes, right, right. He goes, yeah, I I made those jokes to be shocking when I was, and I see, and I know that they're wrong, and I shouldn't, you know. Right, but but also that whole thing was also done in bad faith, not the firing, the the attack, so to so to speak, from the the naysayers who 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 called for him to be fired. Who called for him to be fired? So <laughs> here's why it was so contentious. It's because so James Gunn was really critical of. Uh, Orange Mussolini, as as I'll call him. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right, all right. So he was public. So they dug something. He was publicly critical on Twitter. So what happened is those people said, "Well, we we can weaponize, you know, uh, uh, that stuff too." So they searched for old tweets, and of course, the old tweets were there. But the problem is, the jokes were so bad that 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 is gonna follow James Gunn forever. Like even still, like even like the 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 Snyder Bros, the Snyder Bros. I don't are, think it matters though. It doesn't matter. He's, it it doesn't he's, matter. He's he's directing Superman and running the DC universe. He's no, doing no, no. all right. He's 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 gonna cry tears, wipe it using money to wipe away his, his tears. You know, he'll be fine. I, I think it's it. I think it's in the past. I think internally, he he feels vindicated. I think he understands and he has personal relationships, positive personal relationships with the entire cast and crew. I think that he probably has a, a really good relationship with Feige. I don't because I don't think Feige made that call. I, it definitely came from the top, but but the Guardians crew was like ride or die for him. I think even right. I mean even, most of them were just none like, more than Dave Batista. Dave Batista said he will not come back and make this movie if James Gunn is not directing. But that's because Batista probably definitely recognized more than anybody that all of that stuff was done in really bad faith um, in the first place. Alright, but but listen, let's let's talk about the movie. We're, we, we've, we've talked about this stuff a million different ways already. Let, so, let's actually talk uh, about the movie. Uh, so, here's, here's my hot take. Mm. Alright. I like this movie. I didn't fall asleep and I was really tired. I, I liked it. I, <laughs> oh, ringing I went endorsements. to the bathroom. I went to the bathroom because I, I, you know, I get these super huge sodas at the thing and I had to go and I was like, ah, I don't want to go. So that's a really good. So like if you have to go to the bathroom during a film and you're like, it's okay. I'm not going to miss anything. You missed the best joke in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So I try to be like, are they're not gonna? So I, I kind of try and plan it based on what's going on. So the second they're gonna do some like, I try to plan it around exposition. But James Gunn is good. Exposition comes with with a lot of jokes and things like that. 
everybody's like, this isn't phase four anymore. This is phase five. This feels like phase four still. But that's because we didn't get the capping Avenger movie to, to wrap everything right. up. I, I, that, I, that's it, what it is. Four and five. There's no such thing as phase four and five. There's phase four, five to me. Um, so the idea is that it was way better than Thor, Love and Thunder. And it was way better than Ant-Man. And I think Thor, Love and Thunder... You know, and and I, you know, I love Taika Waititi, um, and Ant Man were trying to do the same kind of thing, and it didn't work. And Guardians was a thousand times better than this, but have better than those two. But I feel that it was like maybe again I'm tired. Maybe again I'll change my mind if I see it a different time. That it was a little bit more of the same you know i think that there were some and i use this with all the all the you know all the layers of meaning i think it's just a bunch of greatest hits of the the guardians movie this is this is what you like about the guardians movie we're going to give it to you and then we're going to be out you know and i think it he was i think it was just here's another guardians movie with good jokes good music and let's be out because I have something else on my mind. And that's what I felt like it was. He loves and cares about the characters, but I don't think there was like, there wasn't a, a commitment to big change with the characters, you know? I mean, I think this is probably more challenging. I think there was. Isn't, yeah. Is, but isn't that the whole purpose of the movie? Like, they in the end, they, they all accept their place of what they're going to be and where they're going. I mean, this to me, this is a better movie than part two. Yes. Um, I need to, I need to actually think if this is just as good as the first one. To be honest with you, the first one was just such lightning in a bottle because no one expected it to be anything, and it was really really right. good. Um, right. The, the second one's fine. I I didn't I didn't love it. I, um, but to me, this is this was awesome. I really really enjoyed this movie. Um, like you guys were saying, the jokes were hitting. The, everything was landing. But T, you brought up one good point because I was definitely feeling this too in the movie theater. There was a lot of slow motion and a lot of needle drops in this. I think those are two different points. And we're gonna if we're going to talk about it now, let's jump right on here. Go for it. Here, here's what it is. Ariana uh, uh, agreed with me in a disagreeable tone. Uh, did I just call you disagreeable? I'm terrible. Uh, she wasn't even looking at me when she was saying it. She was looking at you. Um, but... Uh, <laughs> It's true. You just completely like blocked me out. It was turned up to 11 the entire time. It felt like one big third act. The music swelled. They walked in slow motion, motion and they went into this big operatic fight. It was so operatic. It was so turned up the entire time that I felt like I, 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 was, I was tired a little bit, you know, because I, di I didn't know where to go emotionally because it was, I mean, I, I lost count of how many times they were walking as a group in slow motion. I think they only did it twice, I think, actually. It just felt long. You had the one in the beginning where the she's carrying. Credits. Yeah. Yeah, and that was the shot from the trailer where she's carrying Peter Quill and you think, and everybody thought that he was dead, right? That's what they were making you believe. That was early on. When they jumped from the, the, the spaceship. It's like they're all, and they're like, hey. Oh, in the spacesuits. The yeah, yeah. They're in the spacesuits. 
I think. Oh, with the flaming lip doing... song. No, I, the I th- space hog. Oh. I don't they, see. That's the problem. There's so much of it you can't even yeah. remember what goes where. I mean, right? Like well, the only well, one. To be fair, we only saw the movie once. You know. Right. <laughs> we saw the movie, and once, it is four like... days later, five yeah. days later, whatever yeah, yeah, it is yeah. at this point. So... There, 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 there's a lot of slow motion. It felt like a, a Zack Schneider film. You know I'm what not, I mean? It was I, a lot of slow. Listen, it, Zack Snyder wishes he could make a movie this inventive and fun and operatic and cool. Um, well, I'm, obviously, I'm, I'm not comparing it into any other parts of the film. I'm just saying it's the amount of slow motion. There was a lot of slow motion. You could take 10 minutes out if you just played it at regular yeah, but speed. Who cares? I mean, I'm fine with it. To me, it felt like James Gunn. You're right. It went up to 11. But you know why? He's not coming back to make more of these. He's done. This is it. We're not but, getting. But, hey, but let me finish. Is... Let me finish. Let me finish. I think it's fine. And also, I think if it's kind of like a calling card of his at this point. Because he also did the same thing in um, in Suicide Squad. There are some slow motion, you know, group walks in that movie too. So I think at this point, he's kind of using it as, as his kind of calling card. I don't know. I maybe have to go... Well, he didn't direct... Scooby-Doo. But that doesn't distinguish him from all the other filmmakers. Right, because everybody's been doing it since The Matrix. Um Right, but I you mean know, slow motion, spinning cam, and all that kind of stuff. But I don't remember it being so prevalent in the other two Guardians movies. Right. I mean, it's, it's there, but it wasn't like so over the top. I mean, I I guess maybe for this one, since it's the last one, this is the last hero shot of these people. You're trying to give it more right, right. Uh, I'm of fi- a visual I'm, flair. I don't know. I, I'm fine with with cool characters walking in cool slow motion. Like it's fine with it, especially when the rest of the movie works so great like if, if that's well, if, i agree too i'm just saying it's it was way too much it's just way too much i mean there are bigger problems like adam warlock we can talk about that he wasn't in it enough well also because that, that was the problem it wasn't his movie he wasn't in it yeah, enough he was he was he was he was a side character and not developed right right well it's right some, he it was there to so set strange. up for the next thing but it seems strange huh? because he was teased at the end of volume two so you're just like oh Adam Warlock. I remember when Adam Warlock was teased. I swore that the Soul Stone was the little thing in his head. Like I swore. Well, it I was, was like, in the comics. Well, it is, is that from true? the comics. Yeah. Oh, okay. I yeah. thought yeah. I made that up, but <laughs> but like that's what I was expecting. I was waiting for something like that, and then all right. Well, he's in this movie, and he's great. Will Poulter is very good as a character. Um, he's very funny. I love him being l- just a little baby. He's a little baby guy. I, I I didn't I didn't like that. I did because because there was already people filling that role, right? There's the naive grew who is the the you know the pro the the, the, the teenager teenager right or twenty twenty one year old twenty two year old right grew right so and then and you also have yeah right right Drax who's also innocent. Uh, uh, spectrum you know right so um and it's kind of like you have those two and then you add another person who's like oh what's going on if it was only him and and, and it, it was so i felt it was a little bit service now like you're saying about the soul stone ariani i think that was like a thing where um that could have made that connection with Gamora. One of the Infinity Stones is in his face, and then there could be some kind of resolution. But that was like not like it was just. See, the the problem is that they did that already with Vision. That's the problem. Yeah, 
I think we could probably chalk that up to James Gunn wanting these movies to be their own thing. Because you watch all those Guardians movies, they're all pretty much their own thing. The first one a little bit leans into the Infinity Stones thing because that's where we actually get the origin. Did you see that interview where James Gunn, <laughs> he said that he wrote that um that scene where he explains the Infinity Stones. He was like, I wrote that in like an hour and a half. And then next thing you know, it's just like it, it leads to this whole thing in the MCU. Yeah, but they were kind of setting that up in Thor and everything before Guardians movies and everything. Yeah, but it didn't get they didn't have like a proper name, at least up up until that point. But like even still, Guardians one was more or less its own thing because the stone was basically a MacGuffin. It didn't really have a larger purpose at that point. Right. Um. And obviously we had to get to know these characters because, you know, uh, the fact that these movies work and are popular is a mini miracle. You know, we're watching a movie about a tree and a raccoon and are emotionally invested in the tree and raccoon. I think Rocket Raccoon is is one of the one of my favorite MCU characters. Because I, di- I didn't like him in the comic books. And what James Gunn did with him was awesome. Yeah, he he's one of the better ones. And I honestly, I, I think the best character in this movie, and it started in Guardians 2, was, is the, the evolution of Nebula. I think she's one of the best. Nebula has had the best character arc in these movies, especially in the Guardians movies. Um, I've probably ranted about how pissed I am, how in Endgame... She didn't have a moment to, like, beat up Thanos. I'm, like, still mad about that. I'll forever be mad about that, but it's fine. I'm going to come to the defense of Guardians 2. Baby Groot is huge. And I think the best opening of all the Guardians films was Baby Groot dancing as they're fighting in the background. That was visually inventive. All the things that you're saying, Ariani, I, I think that you see that in that opening scene in, um, in in Guardians 2. Guardians 3, he had all the chess pieces in place, but I don't think he played it right. Well, it's, it's setting a tone of where they are right now, right? Yeah. But they broke the tone because they broke the tone because it was right there, and I loved it seeing Rocket, like, walk through. But then they cut to Drax going, and it was, it was like, like nails on chalkboard for me when Drax was like, Oh, stupid people dance or something like that to remind you about all the other times and all the other films when Drax was saying that people shouldn't dance and now in the end he's going to be dancing so we need to set that up in case people forgot from the other movies. Yeah, that's nice. Spade, you, you know you know what we got to say. T hates fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but, but anyway, so right after that, so Adam Warlock comes, right? He basically wrecks shop and, and sets up the rest of the movie, right? So Kick-ass now you have... Fight scene. Kick-ass fight scene. Kick-ass yeah, fight scene. great. I mean, the, the action in this movie is is awesome, right? Like, you, you can't say anything against the, the action. But, so now we get Rocket, who's basically taken off the board right in the beginning. He's in a coma. And they have to basically take on the High Evolutionary, who I think is one of the best villains the MCU has to offer in a long time. He was awesome. Actually, I shouldn't say a long time. Nam- Namor's great. Namor. Namor however you want to say it t but i think this guy is more uh menacing he's definitely like like he's he's torturing little animals 
he's 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 basically if Doctor Frankenstein and Joseph Mengele had a baby and was like an alien in space, and it's just like he's literally he's a space Nazi. He's literally a space Nazi. That's what he is. It's the island of Doctor Moreau. Right? Yeah. He's a Peter nightmare. <laughs> basically, pretty much. And yeah, he's just experimenting on everybody, right? So like the the whole premise of the movie is that the Guardians have to go and get the code to disarm Chekhov's uh, exploding heart that did that not they set up in rocket at all that that ever. didn't explode and never paid off, right? We we get a different narrative structure in this movie too that I don't think we've ever seen in any MCU movie before, where we like all the trailers basically made it known that we were going to see Rocket's origin story, but. I didn't expect it to be told this way. Like we haven't seen a lot of flashbacks in the MCU, have we? Not to this extent. Yeah, definitely not. Not as a storytelling device, which I thought was really cool. Um, and then we meet Rocket's other um, horrible experiment friends. Um, well, his extended family, right? You got yes. Lila and Floor, Floor and, and Teeps. <laughs> Who all sadly perish, but not by exploding heart bomb, which we were like, oh, okay, I guess that's different. <laughs> and they faked you out, too, when, when the High Evolutionary kills Lila, like, you see the, the gunshot in her chest, and it actually looks like something could have exploded, because even the sound effect makes it seem like that. Yeah. Um, and then you realize that he basically just, just shot her. But I guess that wouldn't have worked storytelling-wise. I actually thought about this today when I was trying to think about what to bring up for the podcast. Because if it goes off on her, why wouldn't it go off for Rocket, right? I guess so. If they both escape the, the cage. Because he needed Rocket. But Well, that's true. He needed Rocket. Because he doesn't know that Rocket's going to escape. No. I, and obviously he killed the others as punishment. Well, he killed Lila as a punishment. The others were killed accidentally when Rocket went. By Stormtrooper fire. Oof. <laughs> but, um... Even the makeup in this movie I thought was was crazy. Like the I can't figure out how they did the makeup on the high evolutionary's like head. Like how that skin looked. being pulled back yeah, and everything. Yeah, so crazy how that looks. Like I know it's obviously prosthetics, but I'm like that is very good prosthetic work. I mean they, they do that in like Brazil. They did that in RoboCop, you know what I mean? It's a, yeah. it's a it's a it's a thing, you know. No, what I mean? know, it's but, a prosthetic. I mean, it really looked good. It, it was did, it, it looked was really good. good. Sometimes it doesn't look good and this it lo- it looked good. Yeah, and, and I like that at some points, right, it was like a real, like his face, and at some points it's pulled back, so you're kind of like, what happened here? And then they show you Rocket basically just scratched him up, and then I guess he experimented on himself. I like that Gamora takes his face off, and yeah, you see what's underneath. And, you know, there were, there was a couple good uh, comic nods that, that, that I thought were, were, were pretty good. The, the nickname that Nebula calls Mantis is Bugs, and Bugs is a character who's part of the, like, this team of, of Guardians, uh, in, in one of the later runs when they, they bought this actual team together in the comic books and people have been wanting Bugs to be in the, these movies forever and he never showed up. So I thought that was a pretty good throwaway line. I mean, because otherwise the team gets overcrowded. I mean, it's big enough as it is, right? You basically had a sideline, Kraglin and Cosmo, from the beginning to, to get back to the core Guardians that you have here, right? Um, back to fight scenes. Um, I think the best fight scene, and I, and I, and I really, really loved it, was the hallway fight. Yeah. The one in Daredevil? Oh, they're awesome. Yeah, yeah, no, no. (laughs) But like with the uh, gorilla octopus, was it like a gorilla octopus? I'm trying to like. It was like a pig. Was that the pig one? Or no, the pig one was on the ship. 
there's just all the deranged animals. But what, what was your favorite part of it, T? Was it the slow motion or was it the needle drop? All right. The, the needle drop and slow motion, all the other needle drops and slow motions leading up to it took a little bit of the shine off that fight scene in the hallway. Yeah. I, I agree, T, because like it, the, the scene goes on. It's probably about like a five minute fight scene, if I had a guess. And there's some slow motion stuff in there that's really, really awesome. But it's like, all right, none of them are going to die here. Let's just kind of wrap this up and keep it moving. Like everybody's getting their money shot. I, I get the point of this. Um, yeah, let, let's who's 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 going to die in the next scene is basically where I was at. In the, and one other in, thing about the fight scene that let me I'm, I'm going to jump. I'll say this really quick and it's a criticism and you guys could ridicule me for about it afterwards. Um, but then right after that, we have this beautiful like gorilla octopus person and then we have a thousand of them. They're all CGI in the darkness of space that go all the way over to um, to nowhere instead of having something that we could recognize in characters. So it becomes that millions of gray CGI characters flying over to that scene. And I was like, oh, we just had that great scene. I, I wish they did that differently than just streams of gray CGI things going to nowhere. That was before that, wasn't it? I don't know if it was before or after, but I think it's before. Yeah, because because Rocket and them they were they were in their planes fighting them. Remember, and they crashed because they wanted something for James Gunn's brother to do because he was stuck on nowhere the entire time and used the used the whistle arrow. Um, well, he's right. also the um, motion capture for Rocket, so he he has stuff to do. Just you know, we don't see him now. The needle drops. Oh boy! Now the needle drops. Um. Uh, uh, I didn't feel an underlying kind of theme to them that I did in the other two films. I think it was, and I get it. They had the zoom, and it said seventies, eighties, nineties. Zoom, zoom. What was it? I don't know. Zoom, z u n e. Zoom, and it had he had all all of a sudden instead of one like cassette tape, they had like an entire library, right? That he missed that whole explosion of of things but then kind of like a lot of the songs it started with radiohead and i was going like okay what are the songs that are going to be around that time and then it was just kind of it felt like it was all over the place the music and i understand why in terms of story but i didn't feel like a theme running through it yeah and there, there was just so many of them um i mean i guess the other movies had a lot too but I, I don't know. Um, that's kind of his thing, really, right, James Gunn? Yeah. At least in the realm of, of these movies. And especially because, like, we don't get a lot of, um, like, pop songs in MCU movies, unless they come from him. It's a, Unless it's Back in Black or some ACDC, whatever, if it's Iron Man. But other than that, or we don't the, really get the pop songs. the ones that they have in Thor, right? Like, right. right. I, I never really liked the ones in Thor. They always felt out of place to me. In Ragnarok, even, even immigrant song. Yeah, in it Ragnarok, does, it, right? I, I felt yeah. that. I think that it's, was appropriate. You think it was appropriate? Right, right. That's when Thor's coming down and they're fighting on the Rainbow Bridge with Sotir, yeah. right? And everybody in the Hulk and everybody, yeah, right, right. I liked it then. I liked that. That was appropriate then. But see, I think it's a whole missed opportunity with all the Thor movies that they didn't use any Wagner. So, 
All right, so we're, we're kind of meandering all over the place because we're having our own form of technical difficulties. Um, but let's let's talk about the the first MCU f bomb, which uh, was pretty hilarious, I thought, and uh, apparently improvised by Chris Pratt, where he's explaining to Nebula to basically open the car door on when they land on Counter Earth. What a weird planet that was. It's Earth with people. Right? Or with animal people. Animal people. <laughs> and they don't speak any discernible language, and yet somehow they're able to communicate with them. <laughs> a Counter-Earth is from the comic books. And the the the, the thing with Counter-Earth that was in the comics, and it kind of, I think it stole an idea from, like, um, uh, the Twilight Zone, is that there was a second planet Earth on the exact opposite side of the sun so that you never saw it. So, like, you couldn't see it, so it's always the sun. Oh, when it's rotating, it's always rotating at the same speed. I, I, I might be wrong about that, but that's what I remember from it, from the comic books. And it was the High Evolutionaries um, experimental planet. It didn't look like the 1980s. You know, but it was very Island of Dr. Moreau kind of thing, as if I remember correctly. And and I think the F-bomb joke worked also a little bit, it really hit home, because a lot of people thought they saw the joke in the trailers. Because they're going with the, the you know, the, the, the car. Like, he's, I can't drive the car, like, who can drive the car, kind of thing. Um, but that... They thought that was the big punchline of the thing, but then that 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 whole thing with the the handle and the door was much funnier. But it, it was it was just so natural because try to explain something so simple to anybody, <laughs> and you you immediately get frustrated. You know what I mean? Like try and explain like to your 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 mother how to use the a cell phone, right? Like yeah, just slide your finger, slide your finger. What what? You know what I mean? Just slide your fucking finger. You know, and uh, basically that that's that's what that was. But it, yeah, it was it was it was well done. Um, but back to the high evolutionary. You think he's dead? He's not dead. We didn't see a body. No, he's he he's not dead. They left they left him alive. But I don't know if we'll see him again. I don't know if I would like to see him again. Um, I think he works for this story specifically. I mean, who knows? Secret War. They need a couple of villains alive because the original Secret War in the 80s before Secret Wars 2 and they're going to take more of their 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 I think they're going with Secret Wars 2, two right? than, they're going to be informed the more by, the, yeah. by the other one but in the original one it was a team of heroes and a team of villains and they were dropped on a planet and they just had to fight it out like it was like planet sized arena right and uh, so they put all those characters in there That the, and, and so they're going to need some baddies to throw and show up in secret wars they can't just have a thousand different iterations of heroes they have to kind of like they have to put some villains here and there so they we might they left right, them they alive this, they gotta punch them. something right they left right. them alive he goes oh yo that's a high evolutionary right there and he could say a couple of lines and get killed or something they also left them alive for thematic reasons because oh yeah 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 you know, Peter all the time is just like, we can't kill people. We can't kill people. Even though they did kill that random goon um, who um, had the thing in his head. And I was just like, oh, well, he gets to die, I guess. 
But didn't Peter, like at one time, like they're in a room with filled with people and they go like, kill everybody. He was just kill like, everybody. Kill everybody. Yeah. Right. Didn't he say that? Yep. That's yeah. When him and Groot were with the High Evolutionary, when when basically it becomes a life for death situation for them, and he's just like take everybody out. But yeah, you're right, Ariane, because through, through the whole movie, he's like, we don't kill anybody, because that was the whole joke with Drax. He's like, we'll kill one person. He's like, no, Drax, we're not going to kill anybody. He's like, we'll kill one guy. We're going to kill one stupid miss. person that nobody's going to miss. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, let me tell you, Dave Dave Bautista, he, he's great. I'm gonna I'm gonna miss him as Drax because I don't I don't think anybody else could could play the character as well as he he did. Yeah, so so what I was saying before we had more technical difficulties was that we made a bet about who would die in this movie because all the trailers made it seem like someone was going. The entire movie, they basically teased that someone was going to be killed, and I thought it was going to be Drax. Ariani said Rocket, and T, who did you go with? Peter Quill. At any point in time, I think all three of us seemed like we were going to be right because Drax got shot in the chest and then again in the back and they basically were carrying him out, you know, his lifeless body. And then all of a sudden he starts kind of walking. I'm like, okay, I guess he's going to survive that. Peter Quill, they did the thing that they've done in every single Guardian movie so far. They, they stuck him out in space and he had to lose his mask in the first movie to save Gamora. In the second movie, he gave it to, um, to Yondu. Or Yandu gave it to him, actually. And yeah. then in this movie, um, his face was swelling up and that eyeball was popping out. And then all of a sudden, Adam Warlock, like the Michelangelo painting, came in and grabbed his hand and saved him. And Ariana, I guess you came the closest and are going to argue that you won because you said Rocket. And Rocket technically flatlined, but they didn't kill the character. Not technically, he flatlined. He flatlined and he was walking towards that light. He was right there. He was almost there. And then Lila was just like, but not yet. So I was just like, dang. I don't even remember what, what the... um. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. But, yeah, I mean, if it was any of y'all, if it was any of y'all, you would argue that you won because he flatlined. Uh, well, that doesn't mean... Well, I'm going to argue anyway. Because I'm going to say that... Uh, go ahead. Present your case, T, and I will rule on this matter. I, I will be proven correct in the future when they talk about uh, contracts and what was going on, a little bit of insider baseball, because I think Quill was going to be killed in this. And what made me feel that I was right was when they said, the legendary Star-Lord will return. I think they, they put all that in and then they had this kind of awkward, all right, we we won. Now the team's breaking up. I'm going to go do this and you're going to go do that. We're going to do these things. So that's the end, really. Well, the bet wasn't whose contract ran out. The bet was which character was going to die. <laughs> what I'm saying is there's going to be a script out there where Peter Quill died and they changed it. I genuinely 100% in my heart feel that. Is that their is that their out for every character that they have to die? Is that their only way that a contract a contract player gets out is if they're killed? No, not really, but it's it's an easy way to with Secret Wars coming to recast with a younger actor to basically play the the same character. Yeah. So the character is, you know, still around. But I don't know about how you guys felt, but during the movie I'm like, okay, Rocket, this is it. He's leaving his communicator with Nebula. There's nobody that's going to come and save him. He's And T, T was like, 
oh no, I heard him in the movie theater actually go, oh no. Right. That was like, damn. I was like, oh yeah. You know, they, they did the fake out thing with Drax already. And I'm like, oh no, are they actually going to kill off Nebula? Are they doing the, the switch thing here? Like you think Rocket's going to be the one, but is Nebula really the one who's going to die? And then Peter Quill drops his Zune. And at that point, I'm like, you know what? I, I was ready for these characters to go. And then I'm like, you know, I don't want them to kill anybody. It didn't feel right yeah. for them to kill anybody at that, at that moment, you know? And then the whole Peter Quill thing just felt like a cop-out. Yeah, they, they're going to die because they went back for bunnies. Right. It was like, you, you did everything. You had an opportunity to kill all these people. Like, at, at any point in time, really, like, it, it would have felt like a cheap death, honestly. Um, but I, I, I like that they basically broke the team up and gave everybody a send-off. Everybody's still on the board if you need to call on them in the future. Um, you know, and then the post-credits, like you just said, T, they, they teased the legendary Star-Lord, which to me seems like they could do as a Disney Plus show, right? You just have him hanging around Earth and figuring out where he goes next, and he can call on the Guardians if he ever needs them. He'll show up in Secret, he'll show up in Secret Wars. He's going to, yeah, he's going to, he's going to show up in Secret Wars. The, the problem is the new characters that they've been setting up, I don't know that people like are in falling in love with them like they were with the older characters. Because they kind of did the same thing with Ant-Man, right? Everything made it seem like Ant-Man was going to die. And then I wonder, to your point, if there's an alternate version of that where Ant-Man's dead in the end. Um, But people, they they like Paul Rudd, you know what I mean? I think the Ant-Man thing was confirmed as a reshoot. I think it was intended for Ant-Man to die, and then it was a reshoot for them to survive. I think in this movie, it feels like, because even today I was watching an interview where Chris Pratt said that James Gunn doesn't really usually call in for reshoots ever i think the intention was for everyone to survive in this movie and i think it's a testament test them uh what's it called testament to the good writing in this movie that everyone expects something and everyone's waiting for it and we're trying to like outsmart the movie and the movie is just like no like we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna tease it we're gonna give detention but we're not gonna you know, do that because obviously, because then everybody's just going to go, I knew it, you know, instead we get it, we get a pretty much, we get a happy ending. It's a bittersweet ending is what it is really, you know? And you, you know, it's funny. Cause like Zoe Saldana basically said she doesn't want to put the makeup on anymore. Right. Which you can understand. Same thing for, for Dave Bautista. That's a lot of time in the chair basically. Right. James Gunn is gone. And then Chris Pratt was saying like, he would be open to returning, but it would be really weird without James Gunn. And then as I'm watching the movie, I'm like, oh, that was put out there as like a red herring. They're really going to kill him off, and he's going to be the one, and they're going to basically pick up the Guardians without him. Um, so I found it really weird that he's the, the one that's officially like announced to actually come back and do something else in the future, right? I don't think that they would recast any of the Guardians because they're characters from out of left field and there are literally dozens of characters in the marvel universe that you could pick up to fill in those roles right right off the bat peter quill star lord nova could take his place and there could be whatever stories you had for star lord you can have with the character nova big tough guy who was a baddie that could be recast as a good guy that could, that's that's a, like a thousand a thousand characters in the Marvel universe. So 
the Guardians of the Galaxy actors who were all beautifully cast and wonderfully cast, no one else will play Drax. They'll just get another cat. They'll dig out another character from the toy box. Right. And it's it's wide open for him to come back, right? I mean, even this movie, you were saying, Tia, I think you, you made the joke like he didn't want to work out. And Ariani and I were both like, no, he just didn't want to wear the prosthetics because he basically had the uniform on this whole time. Like, usually he's the one that's just in basically pants and he's walking around shirtless the whole time. No, but that – no, I heard – I don't know if it was Peter Quill or it was Dave Batista. I think it was Dave Batista. To get into that kind of shape that your musculature would be pronounced like that, it's so ravaging on a person's body. Well, that's why Jennifer Lawrence couldn't couldn't do the makeup anymore after a while. She was They had to CGI the makeup onto her. For that last X-Men yeah, which movie. they can, you know what I mean. You just that, yeah. But um, uh, I I think for both Star Lord and I mean for Chris Pratt, who always complained about like he can't drink his beers, to and and Dave Batista, who's getting old. How old is Dave Batista? He's not a young guy. And I wouldn't be surprised if he's if he's almost fifty. He's fifty three. 53 in better shape than, than you and I, T. Less than, less than anybody's in better shape than me right now. Um, <laughs> um, but that's tough on him. And wrestling, pro wrestling, is, is a very, very difficult thing physically um, on, on a person's body after all that time because of all the injuries you suffer and all the risks and chances you're taking and all the concussions and all the things going on. Um um, it, it's just, it, and especially when you get older, and I'll test it as trying to, you know, get in shape in your 50s. It's just really, really, like your knees, it's just not the same. And um, uh, I think that had a lot to do with it. I mean, who knows? We, we don't know these people's decisions. Honestly, it could all just come down to they only want to work with James Gunn. You know, Batista said it himself. I mean, that's probably when, part of it. I mean, I heard people say stuff about it. You but. know, when when Gunn got fired, Batista said, I'm not doing this movie without James Gunn. And if they're going to keep doing these Guardians movies with the new team, it's going to be hard. It's going to be a tough act to follow without James Gunn writing and directing the movies. All right. So so let's talk about that. So, so there's a new team set up at the end of this movie, right? You have Rocket, voiced by Bradley Cooper, right? So that's an easy CGI fix. Uh, Vin Diesel, they probably have enough language for him that they don't even need him back anymore with the, all the iterations of I Am Groot that that he said over the past 10 years at this point. Uh, Cosmo's on the team, also another CGI voice character, right? Now you have Adam Warlock, who we assumed would, would be on the team by the end of this movie, or at least I did. Kraglin uh, is back. And then you have Quay, uh, Phylavel, right? Um who is Quasar in the comics. An iteration an iteration of Quasar. Yeah. So so that's basically your your team now. Cuz Star-Lord, Quasar and Nova are all kind of like similar, you know, characters, you know. So what do you think's next for for the Guardians? Then you think it's another movie? No, they're just they have a team so that the team could show up when they need. Could show up and right, that that's what I'm thinking. There no official movies. Yeah. No Guardians for at least not yet. For all we know, there maybe maybe a series, you know, of adventure series with with them. You know, they could maybe do something like that. 
I mean, honestly, an adventure series would be good, but it's too expensive. Too expensive for Groot for, and for Disney Plus. That that's the only to do it properly, right? Groot and Rocket, you can't do it. Yeah, it's way too expensive, and all the heat they caught for She Hulk. Well, it's it's not just Groot. It's Groot, Rocket, Cosmo, the the makeup for Adam Warlock, all that stuff. Yeah, Adam Warlock. I feel like they could do. I think they can do Nebula. Then Nebula is a character they can do, but just the sheer special effects time that it takes to make i mean it could be a mini series it could be you know maybe a five episode type thing something that could have the same kind of budget as a movie but just you know split differently into a episode into a series it doesn't have to be eight to ten episodes and at the end of the guardian special didn't they say like they made a joke about coming back for easter or something like that right Right, I think it, it ends with that. Like, although that then that has qu- that has questions in terms of what what Easter is <laughs> in the universe. Do they do they know who Jesus is? <laughs> but I mean, I know James Gunn is like forget. I mean, his life is locked up. He's he's not going to do anything more. He's already he's already in a DC camp at this point, and he's going to be fully immersed. Is he directing Superman? Mm-hmm. He is. He is directing. He just turned in his script right before the writers' strike. And that's going to be on his plate. And who knows what else is going to be on his plate. Um, and I think I think he's fully closed the door on this. And I think it's a good way for him to close the door on this. Like, I can't I can't be mad at this movie. Like, not at all. Especially considering the fact that we almost did not have him doing this movie. At all. Yeah. This movie was wrapped up in a nice bow in the end. You know, it hit everybody, I think, with all the feels, right? Because it left you, like... Not left you, but during the movie, you're, you're like what's going to happen it was there was tension you didn't really know what was going on with these characters they were hinting at people possibly dying a lot of people were saying this movie is not even like for kids like i don't know if uh, people were saying that you know some some people brought their kids and the kids were upset like watching this movie because there's animal torture and there's suffering and there's pain rockets rockets first word is hurt he's a little baby raccoon he goes hurt the best scene in the movie I, I wanted to bring that up. I know you guys disagree with me, but when he said it hurts, that was like, it's, oh my God. It's so who, sad. Who, 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 disagree, who disagrees with you? Uh, well, Ariani. Who else? Oh, okay. Well, I mean, as far as far, as far as the scene, I'm not going to say this is the best scene in the movie. It's it's definitely one of the saddest scenes in the movie, but it's just like, I don't, it's, it's just, I don't know. It, it was, it was just, it was tough to watch. It was heartbreaking. It was well done. It was just... I mean, to me, that was that was the best scene in the movie. But yeah, to, to your point, Ariani, like my my son Logan, he was mad because I didn't take him. Number one, I didn't bring him because this was almost a three hour movie. We were going seven thirty at night, and he's got school the next day, so he's not he's not coming based on on those merits. And if he's got to use the bathroom during the movie, I'm like, dude, I'm not getting up. You can go with T and miss half the movie, but but I'm not taking you. You know what I mean? But. He, I think he would have been scared during this movie. I'm glad your priorities are straight. <laughs> no, that's that's my rule. When we go on opening night with you guys, the kids don't come because this is our time to to sit and really like enjoy the movie. And I, if I gotta hear, Dad, I want popcorn. Dad, I gotta go to the bathroom. Like, like honestly, I don't I don't want to deal with that. I want to watch the movie. This is the one. You know, I I love these movies. This is what I want to do. Yeah, you pick movies to do to that you could watch with them to go. They go. They get to go see the Mario Brother movie with you. Right, we w- and we did. We went and saw the Mario Brothers, and honestly, my my kid was on the edge of his seat the whole time, and it made me like the movie ten times more, and think it's ten times greater than it probably was because the you know I'm watching it through the eyes of a, of a six year old, and 
he had a great time. But, I mean, honestly, a lot of the, the MCU movies lately, like, he hasn't really watched anything post, like, Spider-Man. But, like, I think Doctor Strange would have been pretty scary. I think Gore is a little scary. Um, this movie, definitely, like, when they ripped the High Evolutionary's face off. And even a lot of the animal monsters just look scary. You know what I mean? Like They are scary looking. Yeah, and that's not even if you get to the point of the animal cruelty, basically, in the, in the movie, yeah. you know? Oh, since you brought up Thor, I remember I said to you guys in the theater that the rescuing the kids part of this movie was done way better than the rescuing the kids in Love and Thunder, which is basically the same thing. They're rescuing a bunch of children who were kidnapped. Um, right. But I, I liked how they did it more in this movie, and especially how, how they had Drax involved with that. And and I think was it Mantis or Nebula who said you're not you're not a destroyer you're a dad and I was like oh it's so sweet it's so yeah sweet. That, that was that was Nebula at, at the end T he he always says it's not what it is it's the execution of it right. that makes it so much better you know what I mean that's why we like you know we bring up Spider Man like yeah you you can basically tell that the other Spider Men are going to show up but it's the execution of it that makes it better than what it what it should be basically right. And that's what this movie did. It handled, like, to your point, Ariani, it handled it a lot better than, than, than Thor. Yeah, because it took it, it, it was funny. It definitely was funny. Like, the little kids, whatever, speaking whatever language it is they do, you know. But it also was serious about it, because you can, you, like, you could tell, especially because the high evolutionary being the villain that he is, you can tell these kids are in, like, serious danger. I'm going to give a little bit of pushback with the kids, um, because we don't know a lot about them. Right. But the point um, is that they're kids, they're children. Right, right. But then we also have to save the animals, right? And right. you know, you you know what I mean? It's like it was just it was like I think it was it was a little bit kitchen sinky for me. You know what I mean? But that's the thing, right? They're there to save the kids and Rocket's like, "No, we're saving everybody, everybody no matter right, right. Who, no matter what it is. Doesn't matter that it's a kid, doesn't matter that it's an animal." everybody's getting saved. I guess what I'm saying is I would be more vested in the kids if I knew a little bit more about them. Not that, you know... But we don't even have to know that much about them. We just have to know how bad the high evolutionary is to know they can't leave... They can't leave anybody with him because of how horrible he is. And that's the difference because with Thor and Love and Thunder, we had Gore. It's just like, why does Gore care about these kids? What does it matter to him who these kids are? What's he going to do to them? Okay, they're the children of, of Asgardians, but they're not the children of gods. You know? So it's just like, what's the point here? What is what is, what is Gore going to do with these children? Nothing. Versus with the High Evolutionary, we know he, he's going to conduct experiments on them. We see him having them do tests and do stuff like that. Because there's... Yeah, well, well there's the whole scene with, with Quasar running around in the, the, the hamster wheel. Right. File you know? Right, like they, right. they Right, Philo Vell, Quasar, yeah. um, uh, I mean, I agree that it was done better than Thor Love and Thunder. No doubt. I I 100% agree with that. It's just, I just felt like, you know, so much in the film that's put in. And then, again, it's like, it's like Adam Warlock. It's there, but it's it's not, you know, because you have so many characters that you have to, you know, have and and give screen time to and, and... how long was the runtime? Two and a half hours. It was like two and a half. Yeah. Basically. I definitely think there was a lot of irons in the fire and the movie is too long. 
but I don't think I, I, I still I still think that that it all works it, it just works emotionally like you can tell like that James James Gunn took it seriously um well, you know what? It's it's the last one, and they're just gonna spend the extra time with everybody. It, That's right. what it, it was. It didn't feel long to me. I didn't fall asleep. I wasn't no, bored. I, I, I didn't. I didn't went, feel the length of it quick, either. How long was, was the runtime? It was. It was good pace. Two and a half. Two and a half. It, it felt like a regular sized movie it, to me. It I was nicely. Feel... It was nicely paced. Um, it's not like thing... a Batman movie where they add another act to it. There was a clean structure, yeah. and I was like, oh my gosh, there's more to this movie. That didn't happen to me. Yeah. The one, the one thing no, I just did. Just the dance scene at the end, right? Yeah. Oh, I like well, that. I know that 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 landed. No, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But the one thing I did yeah, I mean, it, it was it was fine. The one thing I did notice though is that everybody was kind of like extra mean to each other in this movie. Like everybody just called each other like asshole and dummy and stupid, and everybody was just like yelling at each other a lot in this movie. That's one thing I was just like. I was like, wow, everybody's really screaming a lot in this, but I guess that's... But you you know what, Ariane? I don't know that it was any more or less than the other movies. I think just because the movie's a lot yeah. longer and there's a lot more scenes with a lot and of this. And there's more characters. I think it's just... <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. I mean, because you even had the Nathan Fillion stuff, oh, right? Yeah. Like, oh, there's a... And he's like, oh, I got one of those too. You know what I mean? There's there a was... lot of James Gunn regulars in this movie. Nathan Fillion's one of them. Obviously, the his high wife. evolutionary. His wife is in it. Um, the girl that played Ratcatcher in Suicide Squad, she was the girl with the pink skin. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, that was her. Was um, that the joke I missed? There was a joke in there that I missed? Was that with her? No, the joke you missed was when Drax and Mantis are trying to get bypass a security guard, and Mantis touches the security guard, and she goes, you are madly in love with him and it's obviously with Drax and then there's like this whole thing where the guard is just like in love with Drax and it's very silly um it's it's super cartoony but I really liked it because one of my big criticisms of of volume two was that Drax was so mean to Mantis in volume two and he wasn't very important either in volume two his whole thing in 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 the second movie was just being mean to Mantis so I'm glad that Mantis gets to to get him back a little bit in this movie. Yeah, but the best part about that scene, it's like Drax is rolling his eyes at the guy, and he's like, yeah, 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 whatever. <laughs> and then he gives a one-off comment to Mantis. He's like, you got to do that every time. Yeah. So it's like clearly like a running bit where she's time. just doing that all the time to him. Do, yeah, does, yeah. But doesn't he go like, Ugh, like not again or something like that? Like he's... he. Yeah, yeah, something <laughs> along... Yeah, exactly. Something along those lines. But but no, this, this is... um. This is a nice way to end the movie, uh, the trilogy. It's it's a nice capper, and you know what? Um, if we don't see these characters again, I mean, I'm I'm broken up about that, I guess, a little bit. But overall, we we got a satisfying conclusion to the trilogy. I'm happy with it. I'm happy how how they did everybody, even Gamora. Even Gamora got got to stay with the Ravagers, and it was it was nice. It was like it was like the perfect ending for I think all those characters. Peter got to go back to Earth and see his grandpa. And it actually mattered that he went back to Earth, unlike an Endgame, where it didn't matter at all. Well, they were fighting for the fate of the universe. I know, but so. like they could have like thrown in something in there, especially because like the whole Peter's whole thing is him being scared of going back to Earth, and I'm just like, I feel like this movie actually did something with it because James Gunn is a smart writer who cares about his characters.
Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at NotAllPods. Visit us on our website at NotAllPodcastWearCapes.com. And send us an email, notallpods at gmail.com. Also subscribe and listen to us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play. Not All Podcasts Wear Capes is a Thaumaturge Wonderworks production. This issue was edited by Andre 3.0 Marks. T, you're making noise. Something you're doing is making noise. It sounds like a scissor. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Get you a sock, it, bro. You, Get you a sock it, you and heard squeeze it too, the right? sock. You heard it too, right, yeah. Spade? <laughs> it sounded yeah. like I, I didn't want to <laughs> I didn't want to accuse him of masturbating, but that's what it sounded like. <laughs> he was doing I was doing, he was doing I was a Jeffrey Tubin. <laughs> Is that the sound? Yes, that was literally yeah, the sound. Something like that. Oh. Alright, cut that out. Anyway, or leave it in. I don't care. Put it in the end. I don't care. Oh wait, hold on, hold on, hold Took on, hold away on. From hold that. on, no, hold no, on, hold no, on, stop. No, 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 my 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 mic stopped working. Hold on. <laughs> How long ago? Just right now, hold on.